0: Welcome back listeners. Uh, Allie in segment one we just kind of went through a few of um, our current observations in uh, in the corn crop and the crop in general across the area. Um, you know here in in segment two we'll talk a little bit about you know maybe some things that are on growers' minds and then also looking ahead here a little bit. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show that I was down in Caledonia yesterday and spent time with quite a few producers uh, down there in Houston County and um, you yeah, know we had a pretty long, maybe a 30-35 Q&A, and they had some really good questions. And, you know, a couple things, Allie, that came up, um, you know, last winter we talked quite a bit about um, tar spot, and I had a couple questions about kind of what we're seeing uh, with that disease progression here in Southeast Minnesota in 2020 after we had a little bit show up late uh, in 2019.
1: Yeah, so I mean, earlier in the season, we definitely were able to track the presence of Gray leaf spot and northern corn leaf blight a little more commonly uh, than tar spot, but, you know, conditions just weren't conducive for it to maybe be there in a a huge way up until, I mean, you look at now with these temperatures dropping dropping off, sitting in that 60 to 70 degree uh, Fahrenheit range, and those are optimum temperatures that paired with the moisture now back in the canopy of this corn crop for us to see if we're going to see tar spot, these would be the conditions that are going to, you know, allow it to come in maybe a more full force way. So you know, ourselves and our sales reps, we will be making a more conscious effort here these final weeks in September. And maybe what that presence looks like, looks like in fields across Southeast Minnesota. I shouldn't, you know, I'm maybe making it sound like it's not here, it is here in the counties in more extreme Southeast. Um, but like I said, with these conditions, I'm not sure what your take is, but I would expect it to maybe progress a little bit, which, you know, later in the season, that's where we saw it, had more observations last season, so it's not a surprise to maybe see it ramp up with these conditions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, here to the month of September, uh, I think a lot of the counties in southeast are probably going to find a, a positive sample. We're still out doing some some scouting and sample collecting, and uh, we definitely got a few just off a of visual ID that you know I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that once we get results back, it's going to be positive and. I also think we're gonna see more and more. And even in 2019, we didn't even notice it till late September, October. Um, Sometimes it does just get a little bit easier. It it sticks out a little bit more as the the leaves start to senesce down uh, because it is a disease that doesn't fade away with senescence. It almost jumps out at you even more. and It's a disease you can see all the way through even in the residue after harvest. It's a disease you can see. So it's not something that's gonna get Harder to find, it'll probably get a little bit easier, and um, yeah, I think weather kept it in check for the most part with the, the higher temperatures and moisture stress, which is a good thing, but we'll wanna make sure we understand uh, where we saw it and also uh, be thinking about that ahead. Um, you know, Ali, some other questions um, that were common. Um, you know, obviously a lot of excitement around in list E3 soybeans. And really, Ali, the excitement is there as we, as we do look at at soybeans this year. Uh, whether it be you know water hemp or giant ragweed, uh, controlling those weeds in in soybeans just isn't getting easier. Uh, taking more trips, a lot of different chemistries, and um, obviously the um, the performance and the ease of use of the Enlist E3 system is something uh, growers are really taking a hard look at for twenty twenty one. Yeah,
1: I just got years like... right
0: there. I'm <laughs> yeah. I think twice. yeah, you have to
1: do. Time's flying, but yeah, it'll be here before we know it. And I think on the bean side of things, it's you know obviously it's an interesting time in the bean sector, just with all the different options that you have available. But enlist specifically, I just look at the convenience of that system and the flexibility, like you mentioned. And um, you know, we've had some trainings recently just thinking about what worked really well in that system this year. And I think number one, just that application window through R2 is really nice. And then two, if you look at that enlist one Herbicide, just the flexibility of options you have to pair in with some of the weed control there um, is something that that definitely gets me a little more excited about the system as well. Uh, When you look at that system as a whole, you know, what are some things that maybe jump out uh, to you around the enlist system.
0: Uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, it's an attractive system. And yesterday, um, when I was in Caledonia, um, I think we had 35 or 40 producers there, give or take. Um, you know, in this current year, none of them used Enlist E3 soybeans. And then I asked them, you know, how many are thinking about going that direction for 2021? And well over half the hands came up saying, okay, you know, we're strongly looking at, at going, going that route. And, um you know the, the big reason. Um, you know it, it's not a surprise why. You know certainly the application window of, of endless soybeans is a big reason why. Where you're not having to fight a calendar date, you can go up to a crop stage of R two. Uh, that's a big reason why. And and uh, the other part of it is huge. The the near zero volatility is a big thing that you know. You know if they know they get it sprayed. You know once if you know if it's not wind blowing. You know, granted drift is different than volatilization that. You know, there's just a lot of ease of mind that knowing that if if it hits the canopy, it's going to stay there. And then from that standpoint, with a tank mix partner flexibility, uh, being able to use AMS, being able to tank mix it with Liberty, um, it just really gives you a lot of options to try to to tackle some of those tough weeds if needed. Now, again, it's not going to be a cure-all that we just go back to spraying this only. We're still going to spray a pre with Enlist. Uh, we're still gonna layer residuals within Enlist, which we'll, we'll talk quite a bit here at winter meetings and as we get prepared to, uh, to do applications, but it, it's just a great system, uh, extremely flexible. And the other thing that's exciting too, we'll have replicated plot data this year, Ali, uh, with Pioneer Enlist E3 soybean. something we didn't have last year as it was so new, but that's just gonna make, uh, I think that whole system a lot easier and something we'll talk about, I'm sure, a lot more between now and next planting season. Uh, With that, that's a wrap for this week, and uh, we'll be back here one week from today. Uh, Be sure to tune in. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at AllieGYs, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060.